It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is October 15th, 2018. My name is Phil Brostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And we're here. It's not preseason game week. It's regular season game week. We have made it to the NBA season. Our long sojourn through the summer and the offseason is over. The NBA regular season Tips off Tuesday, the Orlando Magic tipping off against the Miami Heat on Wednesday. We'll have plenty to say about that game in the coming days. We'll be over at Magic Practice on Monday and Tuesday, getting ready for the big day on Wednesday. But on today's episode, I'm going to recap the Magic's last preseason game against San Antonio Spurs. I know I took Friday off. The Magic did too, kind of, sort of, not really, maybe. I'll talk a little bit about uh, some of the big preseason takeaways uh, and certainly one of the big takeaways from that game that, yes, the Magic's offense is not going to be very good and it will have its moments of real frustration and real struggle. So we'll we'll get through those together. Don't worry. But the main purpose of this show as well as tomorrow's show is I'm not doing a Facebook Live uh, for this. I'm going to do it today and tomorrow. I'm going to give you my predictions for the NBA season. I'm going to put myself on record telling you what I think is going to happen in the NBA season. I sat down with my big board. If you know, if you watched Facebook Lives last year, you know my big board. Sat down, listed out uh, where I think the teams are going to finish in both their divisions and their conferences, and we'll we'll see how it comes up. But I'm going to be put myself on record. You'll tell me how bad my takes are. They're terrible. I know they're terrible. You don't need to tell me they're terrible. They're bad. I get it. Um, but... Uh, um, I'll, I'll put myself on record and you can hold me to them at the end of the season. I, I don't do win totals. I'm just doing the order of finish. So today we'll do the Western Conference. Tomorrow we'll talk more about the Orlando Magic and the Eastern Conference. I'll go in a little bit more on what I think is going to happen this Magic season as we get set for the regular season. If you've listened to me elsewhere on this pod and throughout the internet sphere where I do a lot of, uh, where I do a lot of Magic talking, um, you probably have a gut feeling of where I think the Magic are going to end up, um, but I, th- I think even I pr- surprised myself a little bit with where I ultimately put place the Magic 
in the ultimate pecking order. Um, a lot of interesting things that, that I want to do point that I do want to point out. Um, the Western Conference is brutal. Um, I do not envy those teams in the Western Conference. Uh, they go through a lot, and 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 I I I, I want to put my hand uh, on their shoulders and say, I, I, I'm sorry. You are loved. You you guys fight so hard, and and you don't get the rewards for what you what you deserve. And 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 I want you to know Western Conference teams, especially the 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 two that won't make the playoffs that probably deserve to. We we appreciate you. We really do. We'll talk about that uh, in a little bit. But let's start with the Magic's game on Friday night. The Orlando Magic took on the San Antonio Spurs in their preseason finale, falling to the Spurs uh, 100-81. If that score's wrong, I don't care. It's a, it's the preseason. But um, what I do care about is, is how the Magic looked and, and the way that they approached the game. And really... Uh, for, I would say, the first time all preseason, uh, I think we could raise some legitimate questions or raise some some concerns about you know how the Magic played overall. I mean, I think generally early on, at least through the first half of the game, the Magic's effort and energy was pretty good. Um, uh, their defense was solid throughout the night. I mean, giving up 100 points considering how the Magic were shooting is not a bad thing. That, that should be enough to win you games. Um, but Orlando just could not seem to get themselves out of the, out of the rut. They they allowed San Antonio to dictate their offense and dictate um, dictate where the shots they were going to get and, and where they were going to shoot. And and I think Nikola Vucevic pointed it out really really well after the game. It's like you know, it's not that the shots we were taking were bad, which which I agree. I actually liked a lot of the Magic shots, but they were the shots that San Antonio wanted us to take. They were the quick shots. They weren't the patient shots. We didn't work to get be- get better shots and. That was honestly really uncharacteristic of the Magic throughout the entire preseason. I thought throughout the preseason, Orlando did a really good job of moving the ball, sharing the ball, uh, kind of getting uh, getting the, the ball to the right spots, to the right player, um, just being real committed to the offense. And, and again, it's not that they weren't that on Friday night, but they did settle a little bit, especially for mid-range jumpers um, and for not contested, not always contested jumpers, but semi-contested jumpers and and open shots in areas that that really aren't efficient for scoring, and, and it really played. And San Antonio's a great defensive team, obviously, really played into San Antonio's hands. And on top of that, Orlando just missed some shots that they normally make. Um, you know, and I think I think that's that's okay. And eventually, um, with all those missed shots, the defense kind of collapsed on itself. And and I think it's a credit to the Magic that they played such good defense for really quarter and a half, two quarters, almost a full half, I would say. Um, before really letting the lead slip away and get get away from them, and, and then it was just kind of a, a a weird last day of school type feel, and and really I think a lot of the game had this last day of school type feel on both sides, um, as neither side really got themselves going. Uh, it was just kind of a we're here because we have to be here, and and I think it, it is interesting to see that Steve Clifford played his starters to the very end of that game. That's not what I would have done. Um, I think that is part of Clifford's mantra and, and Clifford's approach is, is you play to a standard, and if you're not playing to the standard, you're going to play until you do play to the standard. Um, and, and that's okay, I guess, and, and it's preseason. I don't want to read too much into it. Um, but, but you know, a game like Friday night's game against San Antonio is something I think the Magic are going to have to deal with. Uh, and, and it's going to be really interesting this season to watch how the Magic deal with adversity because I think that's the biggest issue facing Orlando. The, the, I mean, again, the going thought with Orlando, and it's, it's something I've repeated on here. I'm sure it's something that a lot of Magic fans have heard. The going thought is this team has talent. It's got good players. 
Um, they're 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 too talent they're too talented to tank, not talented enough to make the playoffs. Is kind of the the going uh, line for the Magic and, and the purgatory that they're kind of stuck in. But Orlando's proven over the course of of several years now that yes, they can string together wins that they can be good. I mean, Orlando was nineteen and thirteen, uh, having home court advantage in January. They were in position for home court advantage in January three years ago in, in twenty sixteen. Um. Last year, they were 12-4, and four, looking really, really strong. And then that little bit of adversity hits, and they kind of crumble. And, and, and you kind of see it in individual games, too, where the Magic go through a really rough patch, and, and that's the game. Um, they, they aren't able to, to keep to their principles and keep to the buy-in that they need in order to survive the rough patches. And, and, and if there's a positive from Friday, it's that the Magic largely did their best to survive those rough patches. The offense just never came around. And they lost by a large margin. They trailed by a lot of points. I think they trailed by as much as 27 in that game. And so there's still a little bit of work to do. I mean, Orlando looked regular season ready on Wednesday night against Memphis. They did not look regular season ready Friday night against San Antonio. So it's it's hard to get a peg and hard to get a feel for where this team is at heading into Wednesday night. But I think the one thing that is clear and the one thing that the Magic are going to have to, to prepare for and be ready to deal with is that... Uh, is that work that he that that they did with um, that the work that they did when they aren't shooting the ball well? I mean, Orlando for this game shot thirty um, something percent from the floor, uh, five for twenty three. They started five for twenty three, thirty seven point one percent from the floor, just five of twenty six from beyond the arc. Um, Aaron Gordon missed his first ten shots. Uh, you know, something that that simply cannot happen if the Magic want to win games. The margin for error offensively is still very, very small. And this game really proved that because while Orlando has looked solid offensively throughout the, the preseason, they still only had a 99.2 offensive rating in the preseason. Again, that's with the huge outlier of the Flamengo game and, and the huge outlier of the San Antonio game, the Miami game weighing it down too. So it's it's not a great measure. And they still only shot a 49.4% effective field goal percentage. The offense had its moments, and, and I think looked better than those numbers suggest, but it, the numbers still suggest that this is a bad offense. And, and Friday night certainly suggested it too, where simply shots did not fall. The Magic weren't able to generate consistent offense, consistent good looks to break themselves out of that funk. And unfortunately, I think that's just going to be a reality of the Magic this season. That... They're going to have games exactly like this one. Intermittently throughout the season. Not every night. But they're going to have to find a way to stay involved, to stay energized, to stay engaged when their shots aren't falling. It's been a story really for the last six years. But if the Magic want to experience success, they've got to do it that way. The defense on Friday night was fine, but clearly not enough. Not enough to keep them in the game. They were down by 10, 12 points for much of the game, and then it really blew open at the beginning of the third quarter. Again, it kind of had that last day of school vibe. I don't want to read too much into it. But this is a Magic team that is, as Dennis Green would say, who we thought they were. They are who we thought they were. A team that doesn't have a great creator, doesn't have a lot of three-point shooting, doesn't have an easy way to get offense. A bailout guy, even. And that's going to lead the offense to struggle, to have its moments 
just like Friday night, where they're unable to, to generate the, the push and the pull that they need to, to break out of it, to get back on the right foot. You hope their defense can generate some offense, but sometimes it won't. And so I think Wednesday night was a showing of everything the Magic could be if they get the ship right, if they're playing at a high level. Thursday night, or Friday night, was also a sign of what the Magic could be when they're not getting shots to go down, even even if the offensive execution is okay. And I think both nights are equally likely to happen. And of course, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Orlando will be fine. I, I don't think they'll play like they did Friday night in the opener. And, and I, you know they'll have a game or two like that, but it won't be full on. But how the Magic handle those moments when they aren't making shots is really what's going to determine how this season goes and where the Magic ultimately finish. Before we get to my Western Conference preview and predictions, um, the Magic play a game on Wednesday night. In fact, Wednesday night is a big night in Orlando. If, if you're not working, you should be out downtown. Go downtown Wednesday night. It's going to be packed. It's going to be, li- li- it's going to be lit. Because the Magic have their home opener against the Miami Heat at the Amway Center. Orlando City playing its penultimate home game at Orlando City Stadium against Seattle. It's going to be a big night for sports in the Central Florida. And Orlando City's not that good. They're probably worse than the Magic are at this point. Yeah, I said it. Deal with it, Orlando City fans. Um, I love Orlando City. Don't 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 hate me too hard there. I, it, just some just some gentle ribbing. You know, the Lions will get themselves back and back on track, just like I know the Magic will. But two big events in downtown Orlando, and if you don't have tickets to those events yet and you don't want to go to the box office and buy them, there's only one place you can go to enjoy the best Orlando has to offer in sports, and that's Vivid Seats. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. Strike down to the row of your choice. That's incredible. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase there is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. Again, the Orlando Magic taking on the Miami Heat Wednesday night at the Amway Center at 7 o'clock. Orlando City taking on the Seattle Sounders at Orlando City Stadium at 7.30. I don't know who scheduled these things but it's going to be a big night in downtown Orlando. Go buy your tickets on Vivid Seats using the promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer. Then go down Church Street, go to Wall Street, have a blast on a weeknight because it's a big night in Orlando sports. Okay, like I said, 
I want to get back on record. I want to be on record with my predictions. I want you to hold me accountable to my predictions this year. If I get something wrong, I want freezing cold takes to, to call me out. That Trust me, they could call me out for plenty of things I've said in the past. But that's the beauty of, A, having this platform to, to say what I want, um, but also the beauty of predictions. I like being wrong. I like being surprised. Um, but yeah, the NBA is relatively predictable. And so today I want to I want to preview the Western Conference and get get our get my perspective on how the Western Conference is going to shake out and how how things will play out there. Obviously, it matters a little bit for the Magic as far as lottery positioning goes. Um, although, you know, after a certain level, I, I, I really I mean we'll we'll talk about the Magic a little bit more tomorrow when I preview the Eastern Conference. But um, I don't think the Magic will be as bad as some of the teams at the bottom of the Western Conference. I think the Western Conference. 1 through 11, maybe even 12, is really, 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 really good. Um, 13, 14, and fit my 13, 14, 15 teams, they're probably going to be as bad as, as any team in the Eastern Conference. They, they do better in the East. Dallas would at least. I, I don't know about the other two teams, Sacramento and Phoenix. Yeah, I'm going to spoil some things. But um, I think that uh, I think that, that it's, it's a really competitive conference. Uh, really, again, 1 through... 12 it feels like maybe even one yeah one through 12 all feel like they could be playoff teams if if things really start breaking the right way but let's start at the top uh the top two teams obviously are the golden state warriors and the houston rockets no getting around that how you want to rank order them for home court advantages it feels like a matter of preference i'm going with golden state this year i i think that yes they'll pace themselves a little bit more but but so will houston I actually kind of think that the the top three might be all close together. Maybe not. Houston and Golden State are clearly the two best teams in the league, and at least regular season teams in the league. Um, however you want to rank order them for home court advantage, I think Golden State's going to know that home court advantage is going to matter a little bit more to them. They're a little more tired. You can, you can kind of see some of the fatigue of going to the finals for four straight years wearing on them a little bit this year. Um, it's it's not easy to do what Golden State's trying to accomplish, and whether Houston can 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 top them this time, I'm not sure. I, my big question with Houston is what do they do to replace Trevor Reza? And, and you might be saying, oh, Trevor Reza is not that good. He doesn't score a lot of points. He, he doesn't do a lot of, a lot of big things. Um, uh, even losing a Lukamba Mute, I think, is going to be huge for Houston. Fact of the matter is, Houston doubled down on offense this summer by taking on Carmelo Anthony and letting Trevor Reza walk. Now, granted, they shouldn't have matched what Trevor Reza is getting. He's getting, what, one year, 20-something million dollars. Um, Phoenix went after him, gave him money. He took the money. Can't blame him for that either. Uh, but Houston's going to really miss that defensive presence because as good as Houston was offensively, and they'll still be very good offensively, what made that Houston team last year really good, what's made Houston really good whenever they made charges with James Harden as their centerpiece, it's always been because they took a big step up defensively. We know Golden State's one of the best defenses in the league. We know Golden State's got an impossible to guard offense. Houston gave Golden State problems in that Western Conference Finals because they could swarm, they could switch, uh, and they could really disrupt the flow of Golden State's offense. They forced Golden State into a one-on-one game with Kevin Durant. And that's really how you beat Golden State. I think Houston has lost that ability a little bit. I think Houston has has uh, lost a little bit of the uh, uh, again lost a little bit of that um, of that kind of tenor to 
to swarm and switch and, and disrupt Golden State's deep offense. And I think that's why I have Golden State number one. Again, Golden State's, I think Golden State's going to win the title. They're that good. Um, but I think that's why I have Golden State number one over Houston. But again, you could flip flop them. It's it's gonna it's gonna come down to the wire. And who cares about home court advantage? Number three will probably be my first surprise of the group. I really like the Utah Jazz at number three, provided they stay healthy, which has always been the big if. They are poised to do something really special this year, um, and and do so and be a really special team moving forward. Rudy Gobert is a force of nature defensively. When he is on the floor for the Utah Jazz, they are as good defensively as any team we've seen this side of the 2008 Celtics. And that includes our beloved 2009 and 2010 Magic, who were both very good defensively. Gobert is fantastic and does not get the recognition or respect that he deserves as probably as certainly the best defensive center in the league, if not maybe the very best center in the league. Maybe Joel Embiid has something to say about that, but... Gobert is really, really good and, and completely underappreciated. Also underappreciated is Quinn Snyder. That, co- he, that guy knows how to coach. He's built up, that the whole Jazz organization has built up a team of hard-nosed defenders who can score and, and play an emotion-style offense. For all the old-school 90s NBA guys, the Utah Jazz is your team and you should be backing the Utah Jazz with all your heart and soul because maybe they don't throw the ball into the paint and, and post up like those teams in the 90s. But they play defense at a really high level. Uh, and they they make life hard for everyone. Gobert, it's not just Gobert. Gobert erases a lot of shots. But it's everyone else in that lineup too that just causes so many problems for everyone else. And, and, that, and that's not even talking about Donovan Mitchell and what he might do as an encore for his sophomore year. That kid can play. We saw that he could play as he stepped up in the playoffs time and time again last year. And so, I think Utah is going to be one of the big surprises this year. If they're healthy, they are the third best team in the Western Conference to me. There's just so few questions about them and who they who they can be and who they are. I, I really think that they're they're that good. Um, in a money four five matchup, I have the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Los Angeles Lakers as my four and five. I'm giving the Thunder the nod. I think their overall package of Russell Westbrook and Paul George. Um, gets them the home court advantage in that playoff series and as a number four. I think that the Lakers are still a really young team, uh, but obviously LeBron James makes everyone look a little bit better. And you're not keeping LeBron out of the playoffs. You're not really keeping him too far removed from the playoff picture. And again, you know, maybe the Lakers slip a little bit. Maybe they're the six or seven seed, but but they're in. I have them as the five seed. I, I think they're going to, I think, hey, they're a little further along than people give them credit for. They were really good last year for being such a young team. Adding LeBron James does change things up a little bit, but I think that, that again, he makes everyone better. There, there's no doubt in my mind that they'll be in the conversation for home court advantage in the Western Conference, even if their overall team, I think, will have some of their weaknesses exposed during the playoffs. But again, who could blame them? They got LeBron James, and, and it's going to be really interesting to watch them grow a little bit next year. Um, Oklahoma City Thunder, obviously Russell Westbrook, Paul George, just a, a two-man wrecking ball crew. I think that they they really know their identity. They really know who they are. Steven Adams is a really strong player. Um, adding Dennis Schroeder is interesting. Um, Westbrook is going to be out a little bit, so maybe I'll flip it and say the Lakers will get home court and be the four seed. Maybe I'll drop Oklahoma City to six. Uh, I, I'm not holding myself to anything here, but 
Um, I'll leave Oklahoma City at five. I, I said I was going to be on the record. I'll hold myself to it. Oklahoma City at five, LA at four. Um, I think that that's. Uh, I think Oklahoma City is still going to be really good. I mean, Russell Russell Westbrook when he's at full bore is a tour de force and does not allow his team to to fail. And so um, I think that they'll be uh, very much in the running. Um, to round out my playoff teams, I've got Denver at six. You could talk me into putting them five, um, but the lack of star power hurts Denver. Um, I, I like Millsap. I like Jokic. They're solid offensive players. Their defense is going to be a major issue, but but they'll they always find a way to figure it out. They've they've got so many solid players. They're like the Heat. They know who they are. They outperform expectations. They play really really well. Jokic is good, really good. Um, Gary Harris is solid. Uh, uh, um, Jamal Murray is solid. Paul Millsap is solid. They they just got a lot of really solid players, and they again they know who they are, and I think that that helps them finally break through and make the playoffs. Um, New Orleans, I have as my seven seed. Um, I, I really like the Pel- I mean, the Pelicans at the Pelicans. Anthony Davis could be. Uh, he's getting early MVP buzz. He's he's too good to leave out of the playoffs. Um, eight. I'm going with San Antonio. I'm not counting them out until they're dead. Maybe this is the year they're dead. They don't really have a point guard. Um, but they're San Antonio. I, I still trust them. Um, Demar Derozan, I think, is a really good fit there. Marcus Aldridge is is also really good. He's found he's found his comfort level in San Antonio. So it's virtually the same team last year that made the playoffs without Kawhi Leonard. Now you add in Demar Derozan. I think they figured out. I think they they still stay in the playoff picture, which means again, I'm not saying they won't make the. I am saying they won't make the playoffs. But um, Portland at number nine just. I could not find a way to fit them in with all the teams that I think are going to make the playoffs. That, that's what it comes down to. There are not, not not enough playoff spots to get all the teams that are probably playoff teams in this year. You know, maybe San Antonio falls out. Um, that that's probably the, what's most likely to happen. But still, Portland as an eight seed just doesn't feel right. But I can't sit here and say, oh, they're better than those teams ahead of them. They 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 they, they have shown that they can be in the past, but at the same time, they don't ever really perform up to expectations all the time. And and they're so reliant on Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum to carry them through. If they were an Eastern Conference team, they'd be a top three seed easily. If not top, certainly top four or five. But in the Western Conference, you could see them finishing fourth. You could see them finishing ninth. You could see them finishing tenth. It's, it's insane how loaded this Western Conference is. So Portland's going to get a special mention here with my playoff group. I like Portland a lot. Just unbelievable how just stacked the Western Conference is. That that one of those eight teams that I mentioned plus Portland is going to miss the playoffs. Just it's it's unbelievable to me. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4:55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point, and it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. So let's run through the rest of the Western Conference and where I think they're going to finish. 10, I've got Minnesota. Um, The Jimmy Butler thing is just going to be too much to overcome. They're talented as hell. They've got so much talent on that team. But... They just can't put the pieces together. 
Uh, not only can they not put the pieces together, you can just tell that there's a major rift in that locker room. I think that they're gonna they're gonna quit on the coach Tom Thibodeau. Um, they've they've clearly had some infighting with Jimmy Butler. Um, is Butler gonna even play? If Butler plays, they're they're a playoff team. They should be a playoff team. They'll be enough to kick San Antonio out. But I think there's just gonna be too much turmoil in that locker room. I don't think they'll be able to pull together. They'll win some nice games. They'll lose some puzzling games. But that that team just isn't where they need to be. If they want to make the playoffs, if they want to, if they want to take that next step as a franchise, as an organization. Next, I'm going with the Memphis Grizzlies to to, to finish. Uh, what is it? Eleventh. Um, Memphis, when they're healthy, are really good. Mike Conley, Marcus Gasol are solid players. But you know, I said twelve teams really have a chance to make the playoffs. Memphis and the next team, the LA Clippers, are really about where I say. In the East, they'd probably be playoff teams, but they're not quite there yet. Or they're not there in the West, for sure. Um, Conley and Gasol are really good. Uh, and and that they should be enough to, to be in the playoff conversation on their own. But they've always been dealt with injuries, and, and the depth in Memphis just isn't there. I have to wonder, is this the year that Memphis finally pulls the plug? When Memphis finally decides, we've got to restart. We're just not in a position to win anymore. And these guys, you know, Mike Conley and Marcus Gasol want to win. That's not where Memphis is at right now. And so I think that um, it's it's frankly very possible that now is the time that Memphis pulls the plug or, or that they see what they, what they can get this year and they realize that they're not going to get very far. The team that I have below them, the LA Clippers, I think are in a really interesting spot. Um, Tobias Harris, Magic fans know really well. He's he's gotten a lot better, obviously. He's seems like he's ready to take on a larger scoring load, but there are a lot of questions about that roster on um, top to bottom. There, there really is no other um, great player on that team. Danilo Gallinari is interesting, but you know, not a centerpiece player. It, the Clippers kind of need a little bit of a reset. Losing the Lob City crew... It's time to reset. They're, they'll be good enough. Um, they're they're obviously a talented team, but um, I, I think that they're they're just they're not there um, yet either. I think they're relying on guys who, frankly, aren't aren't leading men. Uh, which again is a problem. I've said the Magic have a lot. Clippers, I think, have that a lot too. And so I, I have them at uh, twelve uh, in my Western Conference standings. Like I said, 13, 14, 15, the three teams that I think don't have much of a chance to make the playoffs. I think they'll they'll be at the bottom of the standings and and head head back to the lottery next year. Um, Dallas, I think, is the best of that trio. Um, Dallas, you know, Dirk Nowitzki going through his retirement tour, but Dennis Smith Jr. is an an interesting player. We'll see what he can do his sophomore year. Luka Doncic should be ready to come straight into the NBA and make an impact. Um, Harrison Barnes is a solid player. They got DeAndre Jordan. Um, You know, maybe I'll sneak them ahead of the LA Clippers, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, I'll go ahead and do that. I'll put the Mavericks at 12. I'm really high on Dallas and what they're building, but... Depth is going to be an issue. Youth is going to be an issue. I think they'll steal some games that people are like, huh, that's a good win for Dallas. Um, but they're, they're probably not going to be able to string it together consistently enough to get all the wins that they need to, to really compete. Um, Sacramento, I think, is still in their beginning stages. De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley uh, the third are really interesting players together. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they grow. But that, that you know, you think the Magic roster is a mishmash of centers. Marvin Bagley... Willie Cauley Stein, Scalabissier, that that rotation's a little muddled up too. They don't have a lot of of play. And you know, Bogdan Bogdanovich is 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 a good player and an interesting young player, but 
outside of De'Aaron Fox, their, their backcourt is really thin as well. And so I think that Sacramento will be interesting. They've got some interesting young pieces, but a, a growth year for Sacramento. And so another year at the bottom of the standings. And in last place, um, I have the Phoenix Suns. Um, you know, maybe... You know what? I'll move Phoenix ahead of Sacramento. I think Sacramento is going to finish in last. Um, but Phoenix, I think I think there's some premature talk about Phoenix competing for the playoffs. Devin Booker's gotten a lot better. I've been kind of harsh on Booker. I, I'll admit I haven't watched him as much as I should, and every time I do watch him, it seems like he has a bad game. He's becoming less of a chucker for sure. He's getting better defensively, getting better as a guard, uh, as kind of a lead guard. Um, but that team is still very, very young and uh, I think a very far way away from making the playoffs. They need to add another couple pieces. They need to mature a little bit. DeAndre Ayton's going to be interesting playing next to Booker, but I don't think that they're there yet either. I don't think that they're um, in in the conversation yet. They'll play another year, go into the lottery, add another asset, and see if they can continue to grow from there. Well, I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode for Lock, of Locked On Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast and listening advice. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD and yell at me about my bad Western Conference takes again. My order of finish in the Western Conference. Golden State 1, Houston 2, Utah 3, LA Lakers 4, Oklahoma City 5, Denver 6, New Orleans 7, San Antonio 8, Portland 9, Minnesota 10, Memphis 11, LA Clippers 12, Dallas 13, Phoenix 14, Sacramento 15. That's my order of finish in the Western Conference. Yell about, yell it at me tomorrow. Um, the Orlando Magic Daily Mailbag. I'm working on the mailbag. We'll hopefully have that for you a little bit later on this week on this show. But I'm still looking for a few more questions. If you want to sneak in some last-minute questions to the mailbag, you can do that on Twitter at omagicdaily. And of course, um, by email at omagicdaily at gmail.com. Also, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including a checkup on practice from Monday afternoon, check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll be back tomorrow with a preview of the Eastern Conference. I'll talk a little bit more about the Magic and what I'm expecting from them this season. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today.